You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy New Year from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. It's Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow my co-host Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. And of course, follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. It's been an incredible 2020, at least for the podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you who listen to us, who interact with us on Twitter, who leave reviews and ratings on our iTunes site or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you guys. We've got some big things in store in 2021. And every day we're thankful for you, everybody that listens to this podcast and is a part of this uh, just talking Cardinals football. We're excited to see what happens. You know, obviously we want to be previewing a playoff game come next week, but if it doesn't happen, we might be talking about some NFL draft stuff, talking about some offseason um, you know, to-do list for the Arizona Cardinals. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be fun to talk about, and we appreciate you guys listening along and interacting with the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. Here's to a big 2021 for all of us. Alex, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you too, man. Welcome, um, look at us starting off on a, on a, uh, in a courteous foot. Yeah, you know, listen, Bo, it's it's just like going to the gym. It's going to take me uh, 30 seconds before things change. So oh, let's man. just savor this and uh, and move on from there. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, we wouldn't be able to do it without the people that listen. We, seriously, we appreciate it. We mean this. This is not something that people tell us to say. Bo and I, once a month or so, are like we pinch ourselves and we're like, man, we not only get to do this, but we have people that listen, that, that like our content and reach out to us on Twitter. It's The Twitter stuff's the most fun because we really get to engage with people that listen. We get to hear what you have to say because this is really one-sided and you don't really get to express what you think about what we say. So that's why Twitter is a great avenue. So again, we appreciate everybody and on to bigger and better things in 2021. Absolutely. There's an ongoing conversation about uh, the Cardinals' first round draft pick if you want to look us up at Bob Rack at Clancy's Corner and a couple other podcasters from the Cardinals community are in there talking about who they think the Cardinals should take in the first round. You want to jump in, just look us up on Twitter. But there is there's a big game in store for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a win and in scenario as they take on the Los Angeles Rams Sunday from Inglewood, California, SoFi Stadium, the first year stadium venue for the Rams. Of course, it'll be empty, but the Cardinals... They have to beat Sean McVay for the first time since he's taken over the head coaching reins of the Rams in order to make it to the dance in the playoffs. And I've got a simple philosophy, Alex. Don't lose to a quarterback who has a LinkedIn profile for her finance career. I think that's pretty simple, right? I mean, you would think, wouldn't you, Bo? I mean, unless he's serving up some uh, homemade pizzas over there. Like, I don't know exactly what, what the Cardinals would look at him and say, you know what? This is a formidable opponent. And unfortunately, that could potentially be a trap that they fall in because, Bo, we are, we experience Stockholm syndrome with losing. As media members, as fans, this is what we've grown accustomed to with Phoenix. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And hopefully, this week 17 matchup will be the paradigm shift, not only just for the Cardinals, but for the mindset of Cardinals fans having watched this team come up short for so long. You can read all the stories you want about John Wolford, who's going to be starting under center for the Rams, and you can say, okay, this is a nice story. He played for the Arizona Hotshots. He's a guy that made his way from 
the ACC in Wake Forest where he had more picks than he had touchdowns and then turned around in a miraculous senior season. Like, it's a great story, but at the end of the day, he's still a quarterback that has no business, you know, starting in a game like this and sending the, the Rams in the postseason by beating the Cardinals. I don't care what it is. He's, he's got to have a ceiling to where this Cardinals defense, this pass rush, has ra- got to rattle him enough to where he's not up to snuff enough to where he's going to make the plays necessary to win this game. That's just that's just how I look at it. And if the Cardinals lose, it's a tremendous opportunity missed. It's it, I don't care how well he plays. You've got to bring enough pressure to where he's just he's not having a good day. Yeah, I mean, with Cam Akers most, most likely out and Daryl Henderson out for sure, you have Malcolm Brown back there, who's shown to be a capable back at times, most mostly in short yardage situations, and Cooper Cup out on the outside. It's like, how many more chances do the Cardinals need to get a big win? They've had all the chances. They've had all the chances against <laughs> inferior opponents, whether it be through injury or otherwise, and they haven't, they have, they haven't rung the bell. They haven't been able to stand up and say, you know what? We're an NFL team that people should fear in any capacity. They've gotten big wins. Obviously, the I mean the the Hill Murray and beating Seattle on national TV is cool when they got flexed to Sunday Night Football. Awesome. That was a season and a half ago. This is a completely different time for the Cardinals. They've been reeling. And if they can't get a win against this week seven against their week 17 opponent, there are going to be big conversations that have to be had. But having said that. I have to go with rational thought here and not what I've seen from the Cardinals in the past. And the Cardinals will get a victory over a backup quarterback who's never taken a snap in the NFL. And they're one of the three headed monster in the running back in the running back core and Robert Woods on the outside. Yeah. Even with Kyler Murray, who's not going to be at full strength, he should be the best quarterback on the field on Sunday. Uh, As far as their playmakers, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, the best wide receiver on the field on Sunday. Kendon Drake should be the best running back on the field on Sunday. DJ Humphrey should be the best left tackle. I mean, as far as their offense goes, and it struggled mightily, just 12 points against an injury-riddled 49ers squad last Saturday. I mean, they just they need to figure it out. They have to figure it out. They have, they have to get it done this week, and there's no excuses. And that's right. I mean, if it doesn't happen, then there are going to be some very hard conversations had with a very long offseason, you know, starting uh, at least a week prematurely. Yeah, it's going to be... Well, because, I mean, even if the Cardinals lose by 50 points in the playoffs, at least they got there. This is the last hurdle. Yeah. And it's such a babying sense, because, like, any sort of functional, historical franchise in any sense of the word would look at this season and be like, they should have won 12 games. Yeah. Like, legitimately, you, they should have won 12 games. You can't let Tua beat you at home in his first start. Right. You can't let it happen. Kyler Murray can't throw three interceptions against Detroit in, in their, in their second home game that this year. Yeah. You don't lose to Matt Patricia. Not a lot of people did. The Cardinals did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at what's happened to that franchise. They went Oh, one and one against Matt Patricia. It's unbelievable. (laughs) That's not unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, any sort of, any sort of functional franchise would look at this eight and seven and be like, I don't care if we make the playoffs or not. It's a, it's a loss. Yeah. Like what the, what the hell have we done all year to warrant a playoff spot? And the Cardinals over the last, you know, seven weeks do not deserve to be in the playoffs yet. The football gods, once again, give them one more chance to make the playoffs and they better take advantage. Yeah, there should be. I mean, it's been a, regardless of what happens and, and you're right. It's, it's been a humbling experience and it, it, no, 
point should this organization say, hey, yeah, we're a finished product. We're, we're a team that is a threat. But, I mean, it's it's I understand having that confidence, and I think that they have that, especially when they're going up against these these great these big time opponents like the Seahawks, like the Bills, uh, like the Rams, as they did earlier this season, even though they fell short. You know, there there also has to be, hey, why didn't this work? Why did why did we come up short? What what was the what was the biggest reason for that? And then and then address that. But I think that this organization has its own hurdles as far as just trying to figure that out. So you know, and, th- and that's going to be more conversations that we're going to have. Hopefully, uh, in a, in a in the next. Co- couple weeks not next week uh because the cardinals should have a playoff game because they couldn't have a more ideal situation going up against the tough opponent in the LA Rams as far as where they have there's they're missing big time playmakers including their starting quarterback Jared Goff it's the locked on cardinals podcast Bo Brock Alex Clancy we've got our full predictions or players of the game all coming up plus Right next, it's going to be our guy Josh Weinfuss rejoins the podcast with his thoughts on the Cardinals' poor play of late and can they get it done this week to get themselves in the playoffs. We'll talk to Josh. That's coming up next. It's a win-in-their-end scenario for the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. It's Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. And this has been fun here at the tail end of our season, catching up with Josh Weinfuss from ESPN.com. He joins us once again this week. Josh, Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, thanks, guys. You too. So Alex and I, I appreciate that. It, it, Alex and I have been kind of going through this scenario all week, and it looks like Kyler Murray is going to be in the shotgun, under center, whatever you want to call it for the Cardinals in this crucial contest in Week 17 against the Rams. Is Kyler on one leg the best quarterback option for the Cardinals? Yes. Yes, because just look back to how he played a year ago in this situation. Um, granted, they still lost to the Rams in Week 17, 2019, but he was he was able to just be he was made one dimensional, right? He was he was a passing quarterback instead of a running quarterback, and I think that regardless of who your backup is, I would much rather have a Kyler Murray who can just throw the ball, who can sit back there and just throw the ball, rather than a um, a quarterback in Chris Strebler who has never played, you know significant time in the NFL. I think he's had two snaps, three snaps um, this season. But um, with this much on the line, I think you go with Kyler Murray until he literally cannot play. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's just a, a talking point because we haven't really – I mean, I texted you yesterday. I'm like, do we know anything about Kyler? Is there any update? And that was before, obviously, he joined practice and he was he looked to be fine, uh, you know, uh, running around and, and throwing the ball and everything. It, let's let's play a quick hypothetical before we move on. If not Kyler, why Chris Trevler and not Brett Hundley, who's been in the system for longer, who's had I think uh, up I think ten starts, nine or ten starts in the NFL, and who actually won a game or sealed up a game in 2019 in Seattle when Kyler Murray went out? Why Chris Trevler and not Brett Hundley? Not just for Week 17, but for the whole year. Is Chris Trevler really that talented? I think this is the one million dollar question. I haven't. I, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know why Cliff Kingsbury is so enamored with Chris Strebler over Brett Hundley when, like you said, Brett Hundley has experience, um, a lot of experience in the NFL. He's backed up a lot of great quarterbacks, you know, namely Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. He's played um, significant time. He's, you know, he's won games in the NFL. 
Chris Jeller's a rookie. He, he won in the CFL. There's obviously something that Cliff Kingsbury likes about him um, enough that to feel confident that he could be the answer in a situation like this. And I, I just don't know what that is. You know, it's interesting because when we asked him Monday, if we asked Cliff Kingsbury Monday, if Chris Trevler was going to be still or still be the backup and he was defiant and he said, yes, he is. Then he went on the radio and did his weekly radio show and said, the team's going to talk about it internally. So either he was giving the local media, the runaround, which is a different story or giving them the, the, the local t- radio station that the runaround or he just doesn't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't really understand what, what this team, you know, I think they need to commit one way or the other across all mediums and say, this guy is a guy or this guy is not the guy, unless this is just another way of Cliff Kingsbury trying to, um, trying to get a leg up on the Rams. Cause we, we know who the Rams quarterback is, right? It is John Wolford. We do know who the Cardinals quarterback is if Kyler Murray can go, but beyond that, maybe that's some sort of gamesmanship, right? On, on on Cliff Kingsbury's part saying, if he can't go, we're not going to tell you who the backup is going to be. I don't know. But back to your initial question, I, I don't really understand the um, the the obsession, I guess, with, with, with Straveler as the backup quarterback when you have a guy who you know can come in, get you some good snaps, win you a game or two, who's proven in a league where you need wins. Wins are more important than absolutely everything. Josh Weinfuss, give him a follow on Twitter at Josh Weinfuss, ESPN.com. Right? It's great work. Later in this podcast, I want to get your thoughts on what maybe the fallout would be of a potential loss for this Cardinals team against an un- undermanned Rams team. But I said this earlier this week, and I, I don't think it's that crazy. I wanted your thoughts on it, that the Cardinals probably benefit more from Jared Goff being out because the Rams absolutely are going to be without their starting quarterback after thumb surgery. It's going to be John Wolford, the Arizona Hotshots quarterback from the AAF before it went defunct. Um, that the Cardinals benefit more from Goff being out than even a monster like Aaron Donald being out from this defense. What are your thoughts on that? I don't agree. I don't. Okay. I, I think that they would benefit way more if if one of the Rams' top defensive players didn't play Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, for example. I think, you know, with how good the Rams' defense is and how much trouble that unit has caused the Cardinals over the last four years that they would catch a huge break if one of those guys didn't play. I don't think Goff is having a a good year. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think he's I, I don't think he's been as good as people have expected him to be. I think he's been very good in their system, but individually I think that the Cardinals can handle him, especially with, with how well that their defense has been to the quarterback the last, you know, last month or so. I think that's going to be easy for them to do again this week regardless of who the quarterback is. I think the flip side of that is that they would need to slow down, you know, Ramsey. They need to slow down Donald in order to win this game. So I think they would benefit much more from having one of those two guys out than um, Jared Goff not playing. Josh Weinfuss, ESPN, covering the Arizona Cardinals. Josh, um, I've been pounding the table, and I've talked to Bo a lot about this over the last couple weeks, about how eating the clock, taking air out of the ball, when your offense isn't cooking like it had earlier in the season – can pay huge dividends because one of the best defenses is keeping the opposing team offense off the field. Is that something that Cliff will ever look at and say, you know what? I'm sick of the 57 second three and outs that we've been doing with one run, two pass and punt. 
Is there something that with Sean McVay across the field, obviously an inferior head coach with the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, do you think they'll ever utilize that where it's like, you know what, Kyler's hurt. Let's maybe take the air out of the ball. Let's take more of the play clock down instead of just going, going, going. If there's a game that needs to happen, it's this week, right? This is the one opportunity that the Cardinals have to really implement that. But um, I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I think the fact that it hasn't happened yet um, on a full-scale basis, I, I just don't see Cliff Kingsbury you know, choosing to go that route. He he has his tenets, right? He has his his his, his philosophical um, foundations for, for offensive football, and he is going to stick with those come hell or high water. And we've seen that all year. You know, sure, there's a variant here or there, but he's big into analytics. He's big on, you know, he, you know, he wants to throw the ball in certain situations that I think other coaches wouldn't throw the ball. Now, I'm not saying, you know, he, he's obviously shown in his time in the NFL that he is a run-first coach, but I don't think he is the type of coach to sit back and play traditional pro-style offense so football, and that's, like you said, run the clock. Run the um, run the defense down. He's just not. He wants to go for the quick plays. He wants to try to take advantage of certain situations, whereas I think other coaches, I think more quote-unquote traditional coaches, would sit back and say, we're going to run the ball three times, get a, you know, get a first down, and then we're going to run it three more times and get another first down. I think that's just... This is not who Cliff Kingsbury is, but if there's a time that he needs to be that coach, it's definitely this week. I do want to get into the conversation coming up next. It's Locked on Cardinals along with Josh Weinfest from ESPN, ESPN.com about what the fallout would be of a Cardinals loss because a lot of people would sign up for an 8-8 eight and eight season, but to see it kind of actually play out in front of our eyes – that uh, you know, this isn't not this isn't what anybody signed up for, and what could potentially happen come a Cardinals loss? Would it be something that nobody anticipated? With uh, you know, would heads actually roll in some capacity? We'll get into that conversation and continue to preview this huge matchup between the Cardinals and the Rams in Week 17. It's all coming up. We talk about it a lot, you know, if would you sign up for the Arizona Cardinals getting incrementally better with eight wins after a five-win season in year one of the Kyler Murray-Cliff Kingsbury experiment? And I think uh, at the beginning of the season, absolutely. But then kind of seeing how things have played out, how the Cardinals played during a stretch where they lost three in a row, they got back-to-back wins against some bad NFC East teams, and then falling short against the San Francisco 49ers and what I would say is just an unacceptable loss to uh, C.J. Beathard and crew. Uh, Josh, what what would be the ramifications of a loss uh, for this organization? I I wouldn't expect that Cliff Kingsbury would be even on the chopping block, but I got to imagine that you start to turn on that burner under his seat. If they do lose, if they lose this game to an AAF quarterback (laughs) and miss the playoffs, I think that the burner under cliff Kingsbury's seat will not just be turned on. It will be turned on to high blast, right? It will, he will enter the 2021 season on the hot seat. Um, and it will be the season that he needs to figure out this offense. He needs to get this offense going in some way, shape, or form in every game, in all 16 games. Because we did not see that this year. There are too many inconsistencies, too many lulls, too many times where the Cardinals' offense just didn't come to play. 
And, you know, people who are listening might say, well, what about the defense? Cliff Kingsbury was not hired for the defense. He was hired to make the Cardinals offense on par and similar to both the 49ers and the Rams because they have two young offensive-minded coaches. That is what Michael Bidwell wanted very specifically when he hired Cliff Kingsbury. And that has happened at times, but it hasn't happened enough yet. And I think if they lose this game, and if the offense doesn't show up, then I think next year will be, could be Cliff Kingsbury's final season in Arizona. And perhaps the final year as an NFL head coach. Um, because you also have to take this perspective. They're at risk of wasting Kyler Murray's rookie contract. So if they don't go to the playoffs next year and the offense doesn't make the, the, the jumps like they need to, you're looking at Kyler Murray heading into the fourth year of his rookie deal. The Cardinals will obviously pick up his fifth-year option. But at that point, he is going to be worth so much money that, you know, but the, the, what, are they, what are the Cardinals showing for it? They haven't, you know, if they miss the playoffs next year, that's three straight years with Kyler at quarterback. They haven't made the playoffs. You have two more years to do it. Is that enough to not just make the playoffs, but maybe make a run to a Super Bowl? I don't know. So if they don't make the playoffs this year, then I think uh, Kyler Murray comes back next season under an immense amount of, of pressure and his job will be on the line. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's, that's something that, that uh, it's been creeping up and it's obviously in the forefront now where it was all fun in games when they win five, five games last year in Kyler's rookie year. Oh, they have four left. It's plenty of time. Now we're, over the halfway point in Kyler Murray's rookie scale contract. And there's not a whole lot to amount for it at this point. So that is, I mean, that, that answered all the questions I was going to ask. That's something we've been talking about back and forth. Like, is it possible that the bandaid get, gets ripped off if they lose on Sunday? The one thing, that I, the one thing that I hope doesn't happen is that Vance Joseph becomes the scapegoat because it seemed like, a perfect scenario, as you mentioned, it becomes it becomes like a perfect scenario where you hire Cliff Kingsbury. That's Steve Kimes' guy. He gets the extension. Cliff Kingsbury gets the contract. They bring in Vance Joseph, who could, in essence, be looked at as the patsy if things don't go well because Steve Kime can't admit when he's wrong. So when you have something like that, I think that's shifted because of how well, especially the pass rush is played with Chandler Jones going down. I just hope that that wouldn't be the case just to keep Cliff Kingsbury and keep Steve Kahn from admitting that he's wrong. There's no way that happens, right? I would heavily doubt it. I think yeah. that they would give everybody one more year. Um, this defense was very, very good at times. And at, there were times when it wasn't. But I think for the most part, they they showed, the defense showed that when they get the right personnel, how good it could be, right? And obviously you lose an all-pro. That's going to hurt. That's going to be an issue, obviously. Um, but, you know, everyone who's calling for Vance Joseph's head after the 2019 season, nobody took into consideration that he lost two of his main pass rushers in the middle of that defensive line, and they weren't replaced. That's not on, on Vance Joseph. You know, he was working with the personnel he was given, much like Steve Wilkes was working with the personnel he was given. But when that personnel was upgraded, this is a defense we saw um, this year. You know, it, it was good. And then you can't fault Vance Joseph for losing his number two cornerback 
for the second straight year. I mean, he hasn't had Robert Alford in one regular season game. Patrick Peterson has not been playing at the level that he's that we're accustomed to seeing out of him. You lose Chandler Jones five games into the season. These are things, you know, Isaiah Simmons. People criticize Isaiah Simmons so much early on. Well, the kid didn't have an offseason to work. He didn't have a preseason to to, to go through and then see what NFL football is like um, before stepping onto the field and facing basically live bullets in week one. So, you know, obviously this whole year has just been weird, and I think you can't come to any major conclusions based on how a team played without a full offseason, without a preseason, and then all these injuries. Like, I, I think that I think everyone should come back next year. Maybe at least when I say everyone, I'm talking Cliff. Kingsbury and Vance Joseph. I think those two guys need one more year, um, and then they can figure it out after that. Would they ever consider maybe uh, an offensive coordinator, somebody maybe somebody else calling the plays? No, no. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's why they hired Cliff Kingsbury. That, that, that's the single reason why they hired Cliff Kingsbury, to call plays and to coach the quarterbacks. Yeah, But, but those are, I mean, Matt Nagy gave up play calling. And look at what's happening with the Bears as of late. Like, is it – I agree with you that it probably won't happen, but it's not completely unprecedented. Sean McVay did it too. It's like if you are existential in the moment, you're like, hey, what's not working? Well, Cliff Kingsbury can't balance being a head coach and calling plays. Isn't that a way that could help him keep his job? If you kind of, you know, divvy out the responsibility a little bit? But if you hire him to be your – be your offensive mind. Who are you going to hire to replace that? And how's that going to go over? Like that would, that's, you're right. It's not impossible to think about, right? It's, it's plausible. It just won't happen. Like yeah. they will never, um, they will never replace Cliff with another play caller. That's it. I mean, if they do, they're firing Cliff Kingsbury. They're not going to say, you're just going to be the head coach. And we're going to hire someone to work with the quarterbacks and, and, and run the offense. Like, that's literally the reason why they hired Cliff Kingsbury. It's really a fascinating conversation, and I, I hope that we don't have it as soon as we could potentially have it following this game against the Rams. I do want to get real quick back into that contest. As far as, I mean, the Rams defense is the number one ranked defense in the league. Is that unit good enough to get this job done with? an AAF quarterback under center in the shotgun. Yes. But Bo, I just want to go back real quickly to the last question. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because you said it. If, 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 if eight and eight was dangled in front of the Cardinals fan base before week one, everyone would have taken it. Yeah. But everything changed once they went five and two. Right. I mean, eight and eight is no reason to fire a coach after going, Five ten and one the year before, and then obviously you you hire him because you went three and thirteen the year before that. The the improvement has been has been there, right? It's been an incremental improvement. But when you go five and two, and if you lose this game, that means you're finishing the season three and six. Yeah, that is what costs people their jobs, or right. that's what put pe- that's what put puts people on the hot seat. So while yes, this team has gotten better. I think that that we are talking about this in the context of what this season was. And that was you start five and two. You're basically a half game out of first place in the NFC West. You're competing for an NFC West title. You're possibly competing for a top seed in the whole entire NFC, possibly even the number one seed. But then you, you basically, you, you, you nosedive 
And I think that that's where this is all coming from. Like the improvement has been there. So if they can take another three game improvement next year and we're looking at 11 and five. We're not having these conversations anymore because they're in the playoffs. Right. And, and I think you, you could look at this stretch and you could, you could argue and you can make a very good case that it was, it's detrimental to the team in the future in 2021 and beyond that the way that they finish and the, just kind of the, the whimper that they went out of, especially offensively, you know, that, that, that's absolutely. And, and Alex and I talked about it and Alex said that, Hey, I, you know, I think that this team could really finish eight and eight. It's very possible. They're not out of the woods when they were five and two. And, you know, I think I counter with, yeah, if, if that happens, it's going to be an incredibly frustrating end to the season. And with frustrations comes, you know, people getting on the chopping block. Right. And, and what's crazy to think about is if this season was flipped, if they started three and six and finished five and two, we would not be having this conversation at all. Yeah. Yep. Now, back back to your, your last question. Do I think the defense, the Rams defense, can win this game for L.A.? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. And I think it might be really bad for the Cardinals if if the Cardinals defense shuts down the Rams offense, but the Cardinals offense can't do anything. I think that's going to be a very, very bad look for this team going into the offseason, and they lose. Um, but, no, I do think the Rams defense is good enough um, to, to single-handedly win this game, especially if Kyler Murray is one-dimensional. Great to talk to Josh Weinfuss. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Josh Weinfuss. Read his great work, ESPN.com. Let's get into the full prediction mode here. Alex, the Cardinals, they're going up against the Rams team that on offense is just ravaged. We know that they've got that top defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey in uniform, and big problems for this Cardinals offense that's been slowed down. It was at least slowed down last week after a couple weeks against some bad, couple bad defenses in the Giants and the Eagles. What are your thoughts? How does this one play out? I think the Cardinals win. I think it's going to be ugly. I mean, this is not something that, you know, the Cardinals are going to roll in and this is just a porous defense. This is the best defense in the NFL. And, you know, I think it'll be lower scoring. I think the, oh, the betonline.ag line, the, the total was 39. And I think it's going to be under. You know, I think this is going to be like a 17-10, 17-13 game. It's not going to be a blowout. But the Cardinals, it, the Cardinals will be in more control than what the final score would indicate. Exactly. So I'll say I'll say 17, 17 13. Yeah, I, I think I, I think you're exactly right with that. And the Cardinals have the the line has moved. It was one and a half. Now the Cardinals are three point favorites. The over under, according to BetOnline.ag, as we record this podcast, it's up to forty and a half. So it's up a point and a half as far as the total. We'll see. Uh, you know. Alex doesn't think it's going to reach that. I seem to think that he's correct. And it's got to be one of those games where, yeah, it might be tight at the end as far as the final score, but the defense of the Cardinals needs to kind of flex to where if they have a 7-10 to 10 point lead, and whether that's 10-0 or whether it's 10-3, that needs to seem to, during the game flow, be insurmountable with John Wolford at quarterback. That's just how this has to play out. That getting into the end zone seems like it's an unrealistic feat for the Rams' offense. That's how good the defense for the Cardinals needs to be against this guy who played in the AAF before it went defunct. Yeah. I mean, that's what will happen if it goes to plan. Right. Very... Very, uh, I mean, very infrequently do things that we need to say need to happen, happen. Right. So it's going to be 60 minutes of hell for anybody watching the Cardinals because with how strong the defense is, you have the best corner and the best 
pass rusher slash interior lineman in the game on the same defense and Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd to boot, this is going to be a very tough test for the Arizona Cardinals offensively. And if the defense can't uphold, hold up their end of the bargain against a quarterback that's fleet of foot, that can run outside the pocket and can use his legs for a, for positive gain, the Cardinals could lose this game. Right. There's, there's no room for error. Right. And, and that can be understated, even if they are the favorites going in. And the Rams have, the last three games, they've given up less than 300 yards of total offense from the opposing offense and lost those games. So, I mean, the defense can play well for Los Angeles. They Even with Jared Goff at quarterback, they strug, they've struggled offensively mightily. They can't get right with this guy, Wolford, uh, at quarterback. I just won't accept that. And that being said, as far as defensive player of the game, it, it's the guy that's been your moneymaker the last couple of weeks. It's Hassan Reddick. He's got to continue to get to the quarterback and terrorize opposing quarterbacks and and make John Wolford regret. You know uh, he, he's got to keep his LinkedIn page set up for what it, whatever he wants to do in finance because he shouldn't be an NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, and my defensive player of the game is going to be Buda Baker with Jalen Thompson practicing in full. It'll nice. give Buda Baker more free reign to be able to do more Buda Baker things and not have to babysit Chris Banjo as much. Chris Banjo has been fine. And that's what the Arizona Cardinals defense has been. The majority of players have played fine. The floor the floor has been higher than what it's been in recent years. But now Buda Baker can maybe be more of a ball hawk, be a part of the blitz packages instead of having to spy over the top of the defense on the safety position. What so, was the last I'm pick they had? Huh? It's been a while since they've had a pick. Right? Yeah. Breaker Patrick had one. Was it against I, New I, York? Yeah, I think so. I don't think Jalen. I don't think Jalen hurts through an interception. No, he didn't. Yeah, so they've had. I mean, it's been more of a, a bend as much as you can, but don't break defense and not being super opportunistic from interception perspective because they've been able to to fumble the ball loose with Hassan Reddick having six, five or six forced fumbles in the last three weeks. And then, are you sticking with Kenyon Drake because you were big on him yesterday? Yep. Yep. Kenyon Drake yep. on the ground, Drake. take the air of the football. As far as I'm concerned, let's just go with the big money maker. Let's have DeAndre Hopkins have a big game against Jalen Ramsey and win that battle, even out the season series between those two. That was once a huge matchup in the AFC South, now in the NFC West. Cardinals, three point favorites according to betonline.ag. The over under, 40 and a half. Good luck with your betting this weekend. Hopefully, we're previewing a playoff football game come next week. It's been a pleasure been great to start off the new year with a fun show for alex josh weinfuss i'm bo brock give us all a follow on twitter follow the podcast at locked on easy cards and we'll talk to you guys after the game on sunday evening